the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Hello, my friends. Several years ago, my brother-in-law wanted to have his son learn to fly a model airplane. So, he bought a beautiful remote-controlled model, assembled it, mounted the engine, tuned the controls, and then took it and his son out to their big open field to give it a fly. The engine revved on the first try, making that high screeching sound that model airplanes make. My brother-in-law took the controls, revved the engine to its max, and away it flew. It was wonderful to watch it climb and dive and do all sorts of twists and turns. He had purchased and built a great model airplane. After a few minutes, he gave the controls to his son, my nephew, who was about 12 at the time. He was so excited. He made the plane turn right and then left. He had it climb and then dive, but then he got into trouble. As he turned the plane around to stay in range, he began to panic as it neared the trees on the edge of the field. He began to move the joystick on the controls way too much, overreacting, overcompensating for his concerns. The plane was out of control, and even though he kept trying to keep it from crashing, it was perilously close to running into the trees. At the very last moment, he handed the controls back to his dad, who quickly gained control and brought the plane safely back for a landing. That true story is a clear illustration of the first three steps in this series of finding peace in the valley, and in particular, peace with God. In step one, my nephew knew that he was not in control of the airplane. Step two, my nephew believed his father had the power to control what he couldn't. Step three, my nephew surrendered the controls to his father. This morning, as we unpack the meaning and the application of step three in the 12-step program, we will discover that it is based on the salvation step as taught in the New Testament where we surrender our will and our life to God's Son, Jesus, who is the Christ. Before I begin, please join me in praying the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Step three, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. So how do I understand step three? Well, first you need to know it is the pivotal step to the entire 12-step program. It is arriving at a place where peace with God is made manifest. It is the foundation upon which the nine remaining steps are built. It is the footing where the building of a truly sober, redeemed, and healthy life begins. Consider this. 
Imagine the insanity of trying to perform surgery on yourself. <laughs> Two scenarios. The first, in order to be fully alert for the procedure, we take no pain meds. At the first hint of major pain from the scalpel, we stop. The reality is no surgery would be completed. No healing would ever happen. In fact, we would probably make things worse by creating another wound. Or secondly, to deal with the pain that would come in surgery, we decided to take the pain meds. But the pain meds also work at putting us at a compromised mental state. The reality is, no surgery would ever be completed. No healing would ever happen. And once again, we would probably do far more harm to our already needy condition. It is absolutely insane to think that we can handle our own recovery to addiction or obsession or sin. We must put our will and our life into the hands of God. God, who knows fully the extent of our disease, our brokenness, our addiction, our obsession. God knows fully what is needed for our healing, for our wholeness. God has our best interest at heart. He truly does. Listen to what his son Jesus says. I quote him, I've come that you might have life, that you might have it to the full. John 10, 10. Equally insane to self-surgery for our addiction is the thought that we can handle our own rescue, our own redemption, our own salvation. In step one, in scripture, we must come to know that we need help, that we are guilty of sin, and that the wages of sin is death. Romans 6, 23. In step two, we must come to believe that God can and will help us and is the only one that can and will help us. It's because the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord, Romans 6, 23. In step three, we must put our will and our life into the hands of God because to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, John 1, 12. God is willing. In fact, God is eager and is certainly able to make us whole, healthy, sober, saved people. Step three is giving the controls, our will, our life over to God through his son, Jesus. So how do we work step three? Over the years, I've had many opportunities to experience step three in life. Let me tell you about one of them. In 2007, I gave my life into the hands of Dr. Daw, an orthopedic surgeon, and Dr. Shear, a neurosurgeon, who were scheduled to enter the front of my neck in order to replace two severely damaged discs in the back. I spent time with each of them to get to know them personally and the procedure they were going to perform. I asked around about them from others who had been operated on by them. I didn't know everything about them, but I knew enough to turn my life over to them for the surgery. I worked step three with them. I gave myself to them for making me well. For the alcoholic or whatever your addiction or obsession or sin is, working step three is only going to happen if step one and step two have been taken. We have to fully realize that we're powerless to manage our out-of-control lives. We must come to believe that a power greater than ourself, namely God, can restore us. Without that understanding of me and that belief in God, step three cannot happen. 
but with the understanding that I am not God and that God can and is willing to make me whole, step three can happen. But still, I must make a conscious decision to turn myself over to God as I understand him. Two quick points, kind of a cul-de-sac, as I like to call it. The first is this. What does it mean, God, as I understand him? Just as I checked out my surgeons before surgery, it is important to check out God before turning our life over to him. A couple of places to check God out. Check with those who have done step three in their lives and find out what happened, how it happened, and what the results have been. In other words, check with those in the program, whether it be AA or the church. But note this. Not all people in a 12-step program are doing the program, including step three. But also note this, not all people in church are doing the program, including surrendering to and following Jesus. And second, read through what has been written about God. For the people in Alcoholics Anonymous, read the big book, especially step three. And for us who follow Jesus or are considering following Jesus and turning our life over to God as we understand him, read the Bible especially the Gospels. Will you then fully know God? Of course not. But you will learn. And you will understand a lot more about God in order to make your decision to turn your life over to him. Second, we must turn ourselves over to God. Just as I signed the papers for the surgery and I showed up the day of the surgery at the hospital, I must finally decide and act upon the decision to turn myself over to God. Romans 12.1 is one among many texts from the Bible that describe this process. Listen to what it says. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. To offer our bodies is to give over our life. To be a living sacrifice is to give over our will. Even after surrendering my life to God and giving over my will to God, there will still be challenges. There will still be temptations. There will still be failures. But my point is this. Step three is repeatable. Not that my salvation needs to be repeated, but my conscious decision to be surrendered and to give over my life as it is now, as it is tomorrow, as it is next year. Step three is repeatable. Step one and step two are reality steps. God is God. I am not God. Step three is the life step. When I give over my life and my will to God. And I get real life. I get whole and abundant life. I get a sober life. I get a redeemed life. I get a new life. Do I need step three? The same responses as we've looked at the last couple of weeks. It's either yes or no, or I have already taken step three, or I continually need step three. As I live my life, I discover more about me, and more about me needs surrendering. So as I live my life in surrender to God, my understanding of God grows. Learning more about God gives me greater confidence to turn my life and my will over to him as I also am growing. In life, 
There are ladders for us to climb. All right, I'm not going to climb a ladder like I did when I first came to you. But consider the ladder, like the ladder of education, high school, college, graduate school, continuing education, or the ladder of career. It's often tied to our place in the community, the entry level, the promotion, the assistant manager, the manager. There's a job change, and there's a whole new ladder to climb. Or the ladder of relationships, of family and more. Dating, marriage, child one, child two. Some continue to produce more, and you know who they are. And there's grandchildren. Our society gives us endless ladders to climb, and there will always be more rungs. The reality is that we will never arrive at the top. This image that ultimate success is like climbing the rungs on a ladder creates an untruth. The notion that the higher you climb on the ladder, the more successful and wonderful and acceptable you are. What I've discovered in life is that wherever people are on these ladders, there are issues in life that are hidden and are killing them. The appearance of success in family, and yet their home life behind closed doors is disastrous the appearance of success and career, and yet they hate going to work every day. The appearance of success and faith, yet there is no genuine and personal connection with God. The appearance of success in life, but the truth is hidden. Life is miserable. And this doesn't even address those of us who have crashed and burned, like the functional alcoholic who appears to be living but is really addicted and out of control, or the functional Christian who appears to be religious but is very unfaithful, or the functional family appears to be in love and supportive but is just surviving and is unfaithful, at least emotionally. It is to those of us who, while on the ladders of life or in the brokenness of failure, who recognize our need and have even the smallest faith that God can and will help, that I have exceptional news. Help is yours from God if you turn your life completely over to him. Listen carefully. The Bible says that God loves us. You know it well. John three sixteen. God so loved the world. You're here. You're on the world. You're loved by God. The Bible says that God's love reaches for us wherever we are including the bottom of any ladder. In 2 Peter 3, 9, God is not willing that any should perish. We don't have to try and figure out God and where he might be. The Bible says that God reveals himself to us. Generally, he does this in creation and in intuition. Psalm 19, verse 1, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. But specifically, God reveals himself in Jesus Christ, his son. In the first chapter of John, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that this special revelation, God's Son, 
Jesus Christ came to redeem us back to himself. In Philippians 2, beginning in verse 5, as translated by the message, here's how Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave. He became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death, and the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. And then in verse 12 of John 1, we read, To all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. It's more than a new start, my friends. We get fully adopted into God's family. We become God's children. And the Bible also tells us that God will never let us go. In Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, The Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And in Matthew 28, 20, Jesus says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. I need step three regularly. Do you need step three? Maybe today will be your first time taking this step, and salvation is what you need to turn your life over to God as you understand him. If so, if that is your desire, I invite you to stand at home in the in-person service to stand. Perhaps for you, though, you realize that it's time for a follow-up of this step of surrender, of turning your life and will again to God as you understand him today. If so, I invite you to stand. I will wait only for a moment for any others who will stand at home or in the Bethany Sanctuary. Pray with me. Thank you, Father, for those who are standing. Make them aware that you are present and are openly receiving them. Fill them afresh with your Holy Spirit. Give them your peace, your serenity. Thank you, Father, for those who have stood before. Continue to help them stand with you. Remind them that you are with them always and keep them in your graces. And thank you, Father, for those who are yet to stand. May the moment of standing come for them soon so they too can know your peace and your abundant life through your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name I pray. Amen.